0: Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBRI podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBRI, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz-Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zurich. Welcome everyone to today's episode and you join us after a very hectic fortnight or so in the foreign exchange market, so plenty for us to talk about today. More than half of the major G10 central banks have announced their latest policy decisions in the past couple of weeks. The Bank of Canada abruptly ended its quantitative easing programme much sooner than expected. Reserve Bank of Australia held policy steady, although indicated it could raise rates sooner than previously outlined, while Norges Bank indicated it was on course for its second pandemic-era rate increase at its December meeting. We've also had some rather aggressive policy moves among emerging market central banks, notably in the likes of the Czech Republic and Poland, the hiked more than expected in response to recent sharp increases in inflation. Uh, But we're going to focus on the latest policy announcements from the European Central Bank, Federal Reserve and Bank of England, which have all met since our last podcast episode. And we'll start with the ECB, which delivered another dovish message following the October Governing Council meeting. Policy was kept unchanged, with President Lagarde reaffirming the bank's view that price pressures would ease over the course of the next year, albeit she did acknowledge that this decline in inflation would take longer than previously anticipated. She also attempted to push back against market expectations for rate hikes, suggesting that higher rates were unlikely in 2022, despite the recent jump in European inflation Markets, however, didn't believe her, and by the end of the press conference, they were pricing in a higher chance of hikes than they were prior to the press conference. But all in all, a little bit underwhelming. And while the euro initially rallied, it's since fallen to a sixteen-month low versus a dollar. Uh, so, Enrico, what do you think of Lagarde's press conference and the ECB's policy stance in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the ECB stands out as the as the most dovish uh, G ten bank, um, and that is a very hard. Uh, hurdle to clear because, uh, the general, the general tenor of, of, of G10 central banks right now is, oh. is extremely dovish. Um, I was frankly surprised to see her so aggressively dismiss, uh, inflation fears from inflation concerns. Uh, she basically said, uh, she, she, she still has full faith on the staff forecast that, uh, inflation is going to be temporary. Um, even though those forecasts, frankly, have uh, a very poor track record, not just over, over the last decade, but uh, even the last few months. They they failed to predict the inflation spike. They failed to predict the duration of the inflation spike when it happened. And yet just, uh, the ECB, or at least Lagarde, seems to to place full faith in them. And it's clear that the ECB, uh, the current council at least, will... will uh, do whatever it can to avoid raising rates. I wonder how much longer they can they can avoid doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we went into the last week's, uh, or oh, sorry, the last ECB meeting a couple of weeks ago, um, thinking we would need to get a hawkish tilt, and w- we didn't get that. Lagarde very much fell short of that. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, if we compare the ECB to many of its fellow major central banks, is very much on the dovish end of the spectrum. Uh, and as you said, Enrique, I think it's the, the, the bank's insistence that it, that it knows better on inflation than the market, which is slightly hard to comprehend, given, as you said, how bad they've been at predicting inflation in the past few months. Um, and the communications in general, I think, from Lagarde were, were pretty underwhelming. Uh, attempt to push back against market expectations for hikes was far from forceful, came across as a, as a rather timid one. In fact, I think there was a bit of a course correction from Lagarde during our comments made last week um, when she explicitly said that the bank doesn't expect the hike rates um, next year. Um, I think this dovishness will be tested in the coming months. Spl- supply disruptions are likely to ease, but certainly lingered longer than the ECB anticipated. Um, and as long as we continue to see, I think, rising prices and heightened bets for hikes, all the while the ECB is pushing back on market pricing, uh, I think that certainly presents um, a rather significant downside risk to the euro. (laughs) Moving on now to events last week, and we're going to start with Wednesday's Federal Reserve meeting. And the Fed very much stuck to the script. As expected, the bank announced that it will be beginning tapering its large-scale QE program that was launched at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. The $120 billion a month Net asset purchasing program will be lowered by 15 billion a month. That's 10 billion in treasuries and 5 billion in MBS. This process will begin later this month, which is slightly sooner than some of the market anticipated. And at the current pace, that would ensure that the Fed would be done tapering by around June of next year. Chair Powell was, however, relatively dovish on inflation. Uh, the bank continued to use the word transitory to describe the drivers of higher prices. Um, and Powell disconnected the link between employment um, and higher prices. Uh, he was also clear to separate the tapering announcement from a decision to raise rates. Um, he didn't push back on market expectation for hikes like the ECB did, although he did note that the criteria for a liftoff in rates was more stringent than that for tapering. All in all, though, little surprises from the Fed, uh, and the dollar more or less ended last week. Little changed versus its major peers. The Futures markets now pricing in the first U.S. rate hike in July, uh, and a total of fifty basis points are priced in now by the end of next year. Um, does this seem reasonable to you, Enrique? And um, what are your general thoughts about the, the Federal Reserve meeting and its impact on the dollar?
1: Well, I mean, it was—it was. I thought that the uh, Federal Reserve was also pretty dovish, perhaps not as aggressively dovish at the, as the as Lagarde, the ECB, in dismissing inflation concerns. But uh, there was. I mean, it's been interesting to watch the evolution of Fed rhetoric um, this year, 2021. Back in April, almost May, they were still concerned about inflation, about deflation. Uh, so they they missed again, like every the central bank, they missed inflation spike completely. Um, then they switched to saying that inflation was temporary. And at this last meeting, they admitted that it wouldn't be temporary. But Powell made a comment that I thought also quite quite obvious, which is he implied that this is not the kind of inflation that uh, necessitates hikes in interest rates. So it it seems like the the narrative keeps shifting, but the the end goal of delaying rate hikes as much as possible seems to seems to uh, be consistent across the major uh, the G3 central banks. Uh, I think that the, the expectations for the market um, are, if anything, still too dovish. I think that uh, we, we have a problem of fairly uh, a fairly standard problem of inflation caused by too much demand in the US by rates that are way too low. Uh, and the fiscal policy that is to lose like everywhere else. And until that changes, I think that inflation will continue to surprise to the upside. I mean, this week, the expectations for, for the inflation number for the month of October are almost 6% on the headline and and 5% on the, on the, on the core with, uh, yet another month on month increase. So I mean, I honestly don't know how much longer rates can remain at zero in the, the circumstances, but uh, it looks like the, uh, the Fed is going to try to keep them there as long as possible, just like uh, the Bank of England and the ECB.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I have to agree with you. I think probably going into the meeting, I think the big risk would have been that given these inflation surprises that we are getting, that we could have seen the Fed perhaps deliver a little bit of a hawkish surprise and say perhaps it plans to wind down its QE program a bit quicker. Um, than it was outlined last week, although I think they're being deliberately conservative and and slightly cautious um, with a view to keeping their options open to increase the pace of tapering down the line if they need to. And Powell said explicitly they may do just that um, from January. Um, So if we see perhaps fairly meaningful upside surprises in upcoming payrolls reports or inflation numbers, then I, I can see very much see a scenario where we do see a, a faster pace of QE unwinding, which could bring forward expectations for hikes. Um, last week's payrolls report, for instance, was a, a very strong one, although I think at this stage it simply vindicates the Fed's view to or uh, decision, I should say, to taper um, rather than um, supports a faster pace of QE unwinding. Um, the big question, of course, in the market is now when will they start raising rates? Um I think this plays into our sort of bearish view on the dollar in general. Uh, Of course, the problem for the Fed is that they've already said they won't start raising rates until after tapering. At the moment, that puts us at July at the very earliest. Um, The market, in fact, is actually pricing in the first hike in July 2022. Um, While I, I still think that inflation could continue to surprise the upside, I think the market pricing is perhaps slightly too aggressive. I think they want the fed will want to leave a little bit of breathing room between tapering and hiking rates which would put us slightly deeper into next year or the second half of next year um so for me i think there's a perhaps a slightly greater risk that the fed falls short of market expectations rather um than exceeds it and that's uh, obviously a bearish signal um for the dollar
1: yeah i mean i agree uh, it's 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 going to be very interesting, and I think what we need to start looking at, I think that the heads of the the central banks, particularly the Fed and the ECB, are both going to be on the dovish end of their respective organizations. And I think that what I'm looking for is speeches and statements by other uh, federal officials, and to a lesser extent also the ECB, um, suggesting that there's any departure from this dovish consensus. Uh, so far, we haven't seen it, not to any significant way. This week, we have uh, a, a slate of uh, of Federal Reserve speeches, Federal Reserve uh, speeches by Federal Reserve officials, and it'll be very interesting to see if, if we start to see a sense of dissent and a sense that the inflation should be taken more seriously than it has been so far by the central banks.
0: Yeah, I, I think that would be a sensible way to, to go about it as well. I think give themselves a little bit of leeway; um, they, they won't want to overcommit too much prematurely, but they'll leave their options open to. And if they need to, um, they can increase uh, the the pace of tightening. I think that would be the right way to go about it. Um, We're going to finish now by talking about Thursday's Bank of England meeting, which delivered arguably the greatest surprise of the lot. The MPC voted to keep interest rates unchanged with just two of the nine committee members dissenting in favour of an immediate hike. Uh, This was a significant disappointment, particularly given the recent hawkish comments we've had um, from a handful of voting members, including Governor Andrew Bailey, who effectively teed up a hike at this month's meeting in mid-October, only to vote in favour of no change um, during the MPC meeting. Uh, The accompanying press conference was also a touch on the dovish side. The MPC continues to view recent increases in inflation as temporary, albeit The return to target is now expected to take longer than originally anticipated. Uh, The BOE also left the door open to hikes at upcoming meetings, but that is contingent on a a strong labour market uh, performance, um, and it failed to give any sort of clear indication as to when that first hike may come. Uh, And this was viewed as a a significant disappointment for markets. Um, Prior to the meeting, futures markets were fully pricing in a 15 basis point hike last week. And the pounds sold off accordingly. Sterling ended the week around about 1.5% lower versus the dollar and was just about the worst performing major currency globally. Um, but what do you make Enrico of the Bank of England's dovish surprise last week?
1: It's, um, it's hard to say. I mean, I was surprised along with probably the rest of the market. I was expecting a hike. Um, the the hawkish communications from from the governor and the chief economist seemed to clearly indicate that they were going to hike and they were going to be ahead of the curve and ahead of most uh, other G10 G10 central banks, but that didn't happen. And I'm a little bit puzzled. Uh, The uh, outcome was seven to two, the, the vote of the MPC, which meant that there were two votes, two hawkish votes asking for a change in policy. It's definitely far less than I thought. Um, so I think that the Bank of England has decided that they want to stick with the consens- the ECB and the Federal Reserve consensus of looking past inflation, assuming that it's temporary, assuming that there's not much that interest rate hikes can do about that inflation anyway. And again, the, the, as in the case of the Federal Reserve, the most we can do now is to look at uh, Speeches by the uh, seven doves in the committee to see if any of them are starting to change their minds. Uh, it's unlikely that it, um, I, I. I mean, definitely one or two inflation data points are not going to be enough to change this uh, attitude. Um, I, I wonder what it will take. What inflation news and and supply chain shortages would take for uh, the the MPC along with the other central banks, that start changing their tune.
0: Yes, uh, I think certainly inflation data in the next two or three months will remain key, as it is among some of the, the major uh, economies. I think what the, the, the Bank of England in particular is looking out for is upcoming labour market data. Um, one of the, the key reasons that they cited as to why they kept interest rates unchanged was the end of the, um, the, the furlough scheme, which came to a close at the end of September in the UK. Um, as of yet, we've not received, um, data covering the labor market in the UK post the end of the furlough scheme. So I think they'll await at least the next two, um, labor market reports out uh, later this month and then in the middle of next month before, um, deciding, um, on whether or not to hike. Um, Actually, I thought last week's um, meeting, I think this, the, the decision not to raise rates was not necessarily the reason why we saw a move lower in Sterling. I think actually if we'd got a relatively close vote, 5-4 or 6-3 either way and a strong hint at a December move, I think the sell-off in the pound probably would have been relatively limited. The problem is we got, as you said, a fairly decisive 7-2 vote in favour of no change and no clear hint of whether or not we'll see a move in December. Um, and Bailey's communications itself were actually very muddled. Um, he effectively teed up a hike in October, only to not vote for a, a rate increase during the meeting itself. Um, and I, I think that far from helped the sterling's cause and one of the reasons why it sold off as aggressively as it did. Um, so having said that, though, I think I think the December move is still live. As I said, I think we'll need to see some pretty strong data out of the labour market in the next two reports for that to be the case. More likely, though, I think they'll probably wait till February, um, way after the Christmas period. Um, And if the UK economy continues to evolve as it has, if inflation remains high, the labour market performance um, is still strong. I think we'll get a a hike in February um, and an indication that we'll get um, more during the remainder of 2022. And that should be good for the pound. The Bank of England remains one of the more hawkish Um, G10 Central Bank, certainly much more so than the Fed um, and the ECB. And as I said, I think that can only be a positive for sterling. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit eBree's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.